Roy, I love your perspective on second guessing, which is that it needs to be first guessing. You can't wait for something to fail and then say that somebody should have done something differently. So let me present you with this one. I already have stated what I think about it in other venues. I want your opinion on it. Wednesday, trying to win a series at Dodger Stadium. Uh, you are in a close game against a great team, deep lineup, and Rocco brings in Pagan in a what they call now a high leverage situation. It goes badly. What was your view of that move? Well, I I thought it was as well as he's pitched. I mean, you can see where uh, from Rocco's perspective, you know, as I was thinking, as I was, you know thinking about it along with him from Rocco's perspective. I think he, he felt like the guys, other guys choices that he wanted to use there. It might've used there were, had pitched a a bit. Uh, Pagan was a bit fresher and he'd been pitching really, really well. Um, So it was a tough time for last year's, you know, Pagan to show up uh, obviously. Um, I think that you need to have before, before you know, before you make the first decision sitting on the sidelines, you have to you have to have a little bit of knowledge of how the rest of the guys are feeling. Uh, the rest of the guys that you would use in that situation. So I think Rocco got to a point where it was Pagan or somebody else, and you know, and I think he. You know, Pagan had been pitching well, and it, it didn't work. Um, you'd like to see the ability for Jorge Lopez or uh, or um, Duran Duran right there and just, you know, just shut it down. Um, but, you know, we've talked about this before. Then you got somebody else closing out the game. I mean, the game was the game was close, and then – and it was going to remain close if they shut it down there and someone else has, has to finish it up. So I wasn't crazy about the move just because I would like to have seen some more lockdown people there. But I just don't know the availability of the lockdown people and what that meant for later in the game. We're going to talk more about Rosin. Herman finally gets nailed for that. We're going to talk about hitting slumps, breaking out of hitting slumps. Royce Lewis, uh, Otani, Trout, all kinds of other stuff. This is Chin Music Show. It's our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. He's Royce Smalley, former Twins All-Star, current Twins broadcaster. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Lavelle is off this week. Uh, we'll be back soon. Brandon Morton is our producer. Thanks for listening. If you like the show or any show at TalkNorth.com, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. You can always go to TalkNorth.com and see all of our other shows. Uh, thanks to Hey, thanks for coming out to the Loon Cafe last week. Uh, thanks to Grain Belt for sponsoring that show. Thanks to our other sponsors, Aquarius Home Service. Uh, we're Aquarius Home Services. We are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. All Energy Solar and First Minnetonka City Bank. We are your locally owned community bank. Uh, I I felt like if a guy pitches that well and has that kind of stuff for a solid month, which is basically what he'd done, and has only had one outing, bad outing all year, I feel at some point you're going to have to try him out. You're going to have to say, let's see what we have here. It went horribly, no question about it. And now I would back Pagan back to the fifth or sixth inning. But yes, you're trying to win every day. You're also trying to build the best possible team to guide you through the season. And if Pagan had come in there and pitched the way he had pitched previously, we'd be sitting here today saying, my God, this bullpen has 
like five or six just lights out arms. This is a better team. So so I was I was on board with him giving it a shot, even though of course you'd rather see Duran pitch that situation. But then again, if you have Duran pitch that situation, then you might need Pagan to close out the game. Alka was hurt. Uh, they had already used Moran. Thielbar's hurt. Uh, I just didn't. I, I felt like that was the right time to take a shot at it. Yeah, I think I think you make you know all the best points there. I I, I really do, and it, and it feeds into you know if you know if not Pagan, who, and if the answer is somebody that's going to close a game for you, then then who, <laughs> you know, later on in the game. So I, I mean, I think all the points you make are are right, and I think. You know, Rocco had a decision to make about how he was going to try to finish the game. And, you know, it just didn't work. Another thing we've talked about recently, I want to revisit. Uh, Herman pitches against the Twins in Yankee Stadium. Rocco gets thrown out because he was allowed to continue after they said that he had his hand was too, too sticky. Now he gets thrown out of a game in Toronto for basically the same thing. And once again, I think I thought you made the most interesting point I have heard made about this, which is, if it's just rosin and you can't prove that there's something other than rosin on his hand, how do you throw him out of game? I mean, obviously he's using something sticky and the spin rates prove that he was getting something out of using something on his hand. But you made me start thinking about it in that way. How analog is this that you have an umpire touching a pitcher's pitcher's hand and having without any device or any scientific, um, you know, examination having to determine by touch in the middle of a baseball game, standing on a diamond, whether a pitcher is using something other than rosin or using too much rosin. Uh, that is just a crazy way to police the game. I think. Yeah, it really is. I, and I, I, I will <clears throat> stand by what I said before. I mean, rosin is a legal substance. You know, the, the rules say that you can't put an illegal substance on, you know, on the ball. And so I don't know, is sweat, and illegal substance, um, there have been a lot of pitchers that have told us, pitchers that we know have told us, you know, when you get a lot of rosin in your hand, you're sweating profusely, it's going to get, your fingers are going to get sticky. Uh, or, you know, if, you, if you've got a lot of sweat on your fingers and you go down and get the rosin out of the rosin bag, it, you know, you, you stick up your hands pretty well. So th- that is exactly the question. I mean, how are you going to police um, knowing if there is a different substance than just rosin, when you know that sweat and rosin produce pretty sticky fingers, and it, if I mean, can a guy now not wipe his neck and go to the rosin bag, or or or, or you know, I mean, is is sweat illegal? Uh, I mean, it just it's funny. I mean, is the combination okay? Sweat's not illegal. Obviously, you can sweat out there. But if you're sweating, you can't you can't touch any part of your body that's sweating, and then go to the rosin bag. Then we're going to throw you out. I mean, I I just think it's crazy. Where Twins fans are right is in asking why would he not get thrown out of a game at Yankee Stadium and then get later get thrown out for basically the same exact thing at Toronto. Well, they're absolutely right about that. It, it smacks of total BS, and and we we said that. Uh, when Herman and then uh, Max Scherzer, uh, you know, Herman doesn't get thrown out. Max Scherzer does, and it's a question of which ballpark you're in, which fans are the, 
are the worst and what kind of either courage or, you know, craziness a particular umpire has that makes, you know, that makes the decision, but it's, but it's all arbitrary. And I mean, it's just another, and Twins fans are absolutely right about saying this is BS. So injuries were to me, the reason this team didn't achieve what it wanted to achieve last year. Injuries were going to be a big story this year. They brought in a new trainer, new training staff. They haven't seemed to have as many of the soft tissue injuries that were plaguing them last year. Uh, They have had injuries, but, you know, not all injuries are exactly the same. Not all injuries are preventable. Now, all of a sudden, feels like a moment of crisis. Now, we're talking here uh, about 3.30 on Friday afternoon. We don't know how healthy Polanco and Gallo are. We might not know that for a number of hours here. So people have plenty of ways of keeping updated with that. Uh, Nick Gordon does get hurt. They're bringing up Kyle Garlick. Uh, I am concerned about Polanco having a, a, a soft tissue injury after missing time already this season to prevent such an injury. Um, it, it will be very interesting to see what happens with this team. You do have Julian down there. You have Walner down there. You have Royce Lewis who will probably come up by the end of the month to play third base. Uh, so just give me a, a as we're through more than a quarter of the season. We've seen this team take a season series from the Yankees. We've seen them fight the Dodgers pretty well. Given injuries and everything else, uh, with Malley, the rotation, how do you feel about this team overall? I feel really good about them, uh, given the the uh, injuries that they've uh, that they've had and now have again. But I mean, just it, going into today, uh, the injuries that they have had, um, they are you know they're in first place and in the division. They've <clears throat> battled good teams. Uh, very, very well I mean, to, you know, basically to a drop for the most part. And they've done it where the majority of the lineup is not swinging the bat very well. So um, I, th- I think that, you know, we were amazed at how the pitchers pitched, pitched in April. There have been some hiccups in May, uh, slight by major league team standards. And they continue to have their, their uh, team in the game. Uh, most every day in day out, so I think it's uh, it's, it's encouraging. I, mean, I I think that we all would have said, you know, after April, we would when the the, they, all, the team also was not hitting very well. I think we all would have said, well, if anybody's going to revert to the, if if any mean reversion is going on is going to happen, the hitters will, will swing the bats better, and the pitchers can't possibly keep pitching like this, can they? And you know through. 18 days in um, in May, I still like my chances with that pitching staff. So, um, you know, every every week that goes by when the, the pitchers are pitching as well as they uh, as they are, even in, in May, not not even counting how lights out they were in April, even, even so far in May, they go through another month, through the month of May, pitching exactly the way they pitched to this point in May. And I like them, I like them even better. And I still think, that by the time the, the season's over, the offense will, will support it. So I'm watching Correa over the last week or so, and, and it looked like he was getting ready to break out. He had a number of balls scalded that were caught. He hit a couple over the fence, hit a couple off the fence. I thought he was breaking out. But what – and I want your expert opinion on this. What I'm seeing is pitches middle in, some pitches down and in, some pitches that I think he would normally crush. He seems to be – looping his bat a little bit or swinging over the ball. Uh, what are you saying? Because I, I, I feel like, you know, he, he 
he still seems to be able to get to the pitch out over the plate. To me, he's getting beat inside in ways that he usually doesn't. Yeah, a couple of things uh, go together here. Um, from the very beginning of the season, as I watched, I, I saw him miss probably two cookies a game. Uh, one, at least two at-bats. He got pitches that you've seen him annihilate in the past. And, and um, either swung and missed him more often, fouled him back with a really good swing, got the big end of the bat right to the ball, just, just fouled it back. Um, or in, in some occasions also took the pitch and you kind of shake your head and you uh, wonder what happened there because that ball is right down the middle. Um, so he was just missing pitches that he normally, he normally would, would hit. And I thought right from the start, the ones that he was fouling back, and but man, he had a good swing at that. Um, and it just fouled it back, just missed it. I thought that his swing was big and violent, um, more so than usual. He has a very, he has a, 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 a real man's violent swing at, at pitches. He's always been that way. There's no question about that. I felt like, I think, I think that you're right. I think he's a little long and has been from the start of the season. And I think that's, and so the second piece that I said kind of fits together, when you miss pitches down the middle, uh, and you know, either swing and miss them, foul them back, pop them up, you know, whatever you've done, it starts weighing on your mind a little bit. I mean, what's, you know, what's wrong? What do I got to do? And too often the, the answer in your mind, even subconsciously is I got to swing harder. I got to catch up. I got to get going early, whatever it is. And, and things tend to slow down a little bit. I, I just think that, I think that his swing is, is, you know, a little bit longer and he's, he's gotten some hanging curveballs. He was right on. And it was looked like right at the point of contact, he tried to add a little extra juice and, and missed it. And, um, that's hurt him in terms of statistics, which in turn hurts you mentally and, and missing the pitches and wondering what's going on hurts you mentally as well. So I think there's a lot of that, a lot of the foregoing going on. Let's get into some pitching here. We want to let you know we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services. Scott here, your Aquarius Home Services radio guy. Remember complaining about how long the winter was? And now it's time to get ready for hot, humid summer days. Be worry-free with your AC and schedule your tune-up with Aquarius. A quality-trained technician will do a thorough evaluation, review all the details and recommendations, and answer any questions. At Aquarius, our goal is to always provide amazing service and earn the right to be recommended. We're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Thanks also to First Minnetonka City Bank. We are your locally owned community bank. First Minnetonka City Bank. We're your locally owned community bank. Phone calls are answered by real people instead of a never-ending voicemail system. Dedicated financial representatives who really care about your personal, business, mortgage, and investment objectives. First Minnetonka City Bank is an independent community bank that offers the same wealth of products and services as larger banks, yet provides the highest quality customer service that other banks forget. We take the time to develop one-on-one relationships with our customers. The same banker will work with you year after year, providing the long-term understanding necessary to tailor our services to your changing needs. First Minnetonka City Bank. Stop by or call one of our convenient locations to experience the First Minnetonka difference for yourself. 
And once again, thanks to Loon Cafe for hosting our live show last week. And thank you to Grain Belt for sponsoring that show. Also want to let you know that there's a lot to worry about when running a business. Your utility bill shouldn't be at the top of that list. Solar energy cuts down on unpredictable utility costs, making your job just a little easier. Find out more about how your business can go solar at allenergysolar.com slash learn. All Energy Solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. Visit allenergysolar.com slash coach for your free solar evaluation. Uh, So twins are, it was really cool to me seeing the twins play in Dodger Stadium. Uh, Just a great setting. If you're live, it's also a great setting to watch on TV. You just know what it feels like there. Even if you don't, it looks cool. Uh, And you get to see the twins playing against a great team. Now they go play the Angels, who've really been one of the more disappointing franchises in sports for a while now. But this year, at least they're competitive. Otani spectacular. Trout is spectacular. If somebody asked me earlier today, uh, you know, why it, is Otani going to open the door for more two for more two way players? And my answer was, I just think it takes such a unique individual. I, I have a, I have trouble seeing it happening or working very often. What's your view of that? Oh, you're absolutely right. Um, it, yes, for the um, philosophy of it, he's opened the door. There's no question. God, people say, yeah. Somebody that is this good at, at pitching and is this good at hitting, darn right, we'll, we'll play in both ways. Who's going to do that? I mean, we haven't seen anybody, you know, since Babe Ruth uh, until Otani. And, and I think that amount of time in the cycle is probably about right. I mean, I, I don't know when you're going to get somebody with this kind of, this kind of talent again. Um, um, maybe as guys, you know, get continue to get, you know, bigger and stronger and, and faster and, and have coaches and they have, you know, drive lines and they, they got all, all of these, uh, all these various ways to get better. Um, <clears throat> maybe there will, that will shorten the cycle to, to the next, you know, Otani type, uh, person, but, my suspicion is that it's a numbers game. The filter is just is too narrow uh, the, for the uh, the number of great athletes that are saying, "I want to I want to take my athleticism to baseball." Baseball's gotten a lot of them here over the last 20, 25 years. There was a time when. You know, before that, when the, I think we were wondering, maybe even maybe only in the last 15, 20 years, but there there been a there was a time when you know we were we were all were thinking, you know, baseball is just not getting all the good athletes. Guys are playing golf. I mean, great athletes are you know are playing golf, uh, and thanks to Tiger, and they're playing you know basketball thanks to you know Magic and Michael and, and Jordan and you know and and. Uh, they're playing football, you know, for obvious reasons. It's love of that game, and you know, baseball just just wasn't I, it wasn't getting enough. We're getting more now. I mean, more guys seem like like Mike Trout wanted to play baseball, like Otani wanted to play baseball. But I don't know that you know if you uh, that the 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 filters you know wide enough at the top to cycle through everybody that wants to play and have have an Otani talent come out the other end. I just, I think it's a numbers game that's unlikely. I also think uh, you know it as a player. Uh, I know it as a longtime beat writer. 
it to me it's hard to imagine what it takes to get enough reps in at both disciplines to be able to do them at a level that somebody wants you to do them both. Uh, you know, these guys take a million swings a day and they work on and they look at videos and they take dry swings, they take soft toss, they do T work, they do batting practice, they do early batting practice. Uh, and the, and pitchers you know, are always, pitchers can't, just physically can't work as much as a hitter can work on the actual motion, but they do work at it a lot and they do need rest days and they do spend a lot of time on the mental part of the game. It just, it even for somebody who's very talented, it's very difficult. Yeah. I mean, you think about Otani being a starting pitcher and then, you know, the second day out is going to uh, throw his bullpen session to get ready for his next start. And so after he's done with that bullpen session, then he goes back to the club. He does that early, I would imagine. Goes back to the clubhouse, rests a little bit, has a little nutrition, and then comes out and starts working on a swing um, <clears throat> on the same day. And I, I think that's a, that he's able to do that is obviously a testimony to his, uh, to his talent and his physical strength. But I think it's also a you know, testimony to his – uh, to his mental, uh, it, it, his mental outlook. Whether I don't know whether I want to say mental toughness or his just his attitude. Here's a guy that obviously has supreme confidence in his ability to do both endeavors, pitching and hitting, and he loves the game and loves trying to go out and and perform at a high level on, you know, in, in both of those uh, both of those endeavors, and he keeps his head. You know, obviously on an even keel, he keeps he's smiling all the time. I mean, even when he strikes out, he kind of tips his hat to the pitcher a lot of times. I mean, I I I think he's a special guy in more than just talent. I think there is a a mental uh, a special nature that he has, and I think that there is a um, there's a physical um, and attitudinal special nature that he has in addition to just that great talent I mean, he's just a special guy okay a few more guys i want to get to here quickly first is louis arrives to it in like 387 or something like that uh i know that it's incredibly unlikely that anybody will ever hit 400 again but are we seeing something that is i mean are we seeing him prove that he can be almost a once in a generation average hitter you know that's a really interesting uh, thing to you know, kind of ponder. I, I nobody will ever hit 400 in my in my view because of how good the pitchers are now and how how uh, pitchers are used. You know, running you know five and two thirds innings and then here come all these great arms and you know out of the bullpen and all that. I think it'd be, it's going to be virtually, let's say, impossible to hit 400. Having said that, the fact that you know, Luis Arise is hitting where he's hitting, whatever is 370 something or three, whatever it is, is, you know, borderline. You can't do that, <laughs> Luis. I mean, that's borderline impossible, too, for the same reason I just said nobody's going to hit 400. I mean, it's remarkable. You know, I, I hate to, you know, just say either way, he can't keep it up all season, or uh, boy, I think he will keep it up all season. I mean, who knows? I, I think it's the game so hard. But just what he's doing for a little over a month and a half is is upper echelon stuff. And I don't think there's anybody else in baseball. I can't think of another guy in baseball that I would say, you know, this guy could finish above 350 for a, for a whole season. 
I think he's the only guy that I can think of that I would that I would that I would say that's even we can even think about. Pablo Lopez uh, struggling in the first inning hasn't pitched great since the contract extension. Uh, what are you seeing from him right now? Yeah, he. You know, I mean, there's I can't. I think there's a lot of things going on uh, with him, and probably the most of it is you know trying to live up to the you know to the contract. I, he's a he's a really thoughtful guy. He's a tough guy. He's mentally tough and all that all the things that you want in a in a in a baseball performer. But I don't care who you are and how tough you are. You can have you can have pressure creep in. You know, to live up to. I mean, it's a lot of money, and it's a big commitment from the twins and it's a big commitment from the fans when they're thinking about how the twins are going to put together a roster a la you know you pay to joe mauer too much money you know types of types of things right i mean so it's a lot uh, to deal with and i he'll get himself strained out there's some physical things i mean whether it was it was cold weather or whether it was the pressure uh uh, that caused him to, you know, lose his great command that he started out with. I don't know. Uh, it could be that it was cold weather, and then he had a couple of rough outings in cold weather, and then all of a sudden, that's when the, oh my gosh, I got to get this thing rolling here. They're paying me a lot of money, you know, and then and, and then that fed on uh, on some early mechanical or cold weather issues. I, I, he'll get that, he'll get that straightened out. I'm not, I, I'm not concerned about him at all. I, I'm. You see just about everybody that signs a big contract doesn't uh, put down the pen, go put the uniform on, and and become the player of the next month. I mean, you don't, you just don't see it that often. So I I'm not uh, I'm not worried about it. He'll get he'll get settled in. And the and the the reason for that contract was because of his age. What was he? Twenty eight years old. I mean, he's gonna they're gonna have him you know pitching for a long time and. Um, I mean, we're only into into May in this season. You know, we're not we're not out of the first week in April in his career with the Twins. You know, uh, figuratively speaking. So, I, I'm not worried about him. Uh, next week, I want to catch up on Varland. Uh, you know, how his stuff is going to play in the big leagues over time. He's a really intriguing guy. We're gonna, by next week, we might be getting somewhat closer to Royce Lewis coming up. I want to talk about Kirilov for today. Uh, thanks to Roy. Thanks to Brandon. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Again, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Uh, It's the best way to listen. It's also free. And check out all the rest of the shows at TalkNorth.com.